the acupuncture changed my life. It can change yours too. And really, there's no downside to trying it, right? It's not a medication. It's not a surgery. That's what I love so much about acupuncture is that there's really no downside to it. You know, I was trying to think the other day about when I started using the word hurdlers, and it was really early on, but I don't have an exact origin story. I digress. To the intro, Emily Abadi here. What's going on, hurdlers? You are listening to another episode of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode, I am chatting with Teddy Lavarda. He's a licensed acupuncturist. He's also the owner of Morningside Acupuncture here in Manhattan. I have been going to see Teddy for about a month now on my what feels like never-ending journey to navigate plantar fasciitis, and I have learned so much, which is exactly why the last time that I was in his office, I asked him if he would be oh so kind and come on the pod to talk all about acupuncture. And that's exactly what we do in today's episode. In today's chat, Teddy and I get into the origins of acupuncture, the different types of acupuncture, what you can expect heading to your first and second sessions. And of course, subsequent to that, Plus the different types of ailments, situations, pains, whatnot that acupuncture can treat. Like I said, this time around, although I have done acupuncture before, shout out to Molly at Eight Point Wellness, I am using it for a very specific issue, plantar fasciitis. But individuals use acupuncture to treat all different sorts of situations from pain to chronic illness, We talk about fertility and so much more. Plus, the big question that everybody wanted to know about on social media, does acupuncture hurt? Or what does it feel like? Spoiler alert, we talk all about that too. (laughs) Now, really exciting here, Teddy and Morningside are giving five listeners that are local to New York a free acupuncture session. The details on how to win your session are going to be posted on the Hurdle Instagram account that's over at Hurdle Podcast. And the winners will be announced on Monday, January 30th. 2023. So for all of the information on how you can win a free acupuncture session at Morningside Uptown, if you happen to be local to New York, head on over to at Hurdle Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you're also following along with me over at Emily Body. And if you're not yet doing so, subscribe to the weekly Hurdle newsletter. It comes out every single Friday, bringing a lot of the same motivation and inspiration you love from the show directly to your inbox. And while you're there, don't hesitate to share the weekly Hurdle with a friend. That's it for now. With that, let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling.
today I am sitting down with Teddy Lavarda. He is the founder of Morningside Acupuncture. He's also a licensed acupuncturist. How are you doing, Teddy? I'm doing great. Um, hello, everyone. And Emily, thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about acupuncture uh, and answer any questions that you have. Have you done a podcast before? I've done a couple Instagram lives before. This is my first podcast, so to speak. How does so. it feel? It's exciting. I mean, getting to talk about acupuncture and uh, educate people about it has been super fun since I started doing this. So how long have you been doing it? So, you know, acupuncture school was three years long. I started that in 2016. I graduated in 2019 and it'll be almost four years now that I'm on my own. And, you know, I had a whole nother career before acupuncture. I worked in finance for uh, almost, I think it was nine or 10 years. And then I had such an amazing experience with acupuncture personally that I decided to abandon my career, go to school for three years and, you know, take a chance on being an acupuncturist. Well, we need to hear what happened. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, it started back when I was in my mid 20s. I was working in finance like a really crazy, you know, like 10 to 12 hour job in a chair it was really stressful. I wasn't allowed to take breaks. Um, and I was also playing a lot of soccer and I was more of a runner than I am now back then. And I was training for the, the New York City Marathon in 2010. And um, during my training, I started to have like hip pain, back pain. I tore my hamstring during my training. That was a couple of months before the race. I ended up doing the marathon, um, not as well as I would have liked because, you know, I had that injury. And then the next year I started playing soccer again and running more. And I started to get this clicking in my hip. Um, turned out I had a labrum tear in my hip. It was probably from all the running and stress. Um, I spent about a year or two just going around b between different types of treatment. I tried, you know, physical therapy, strength training. I went to the orthopedic doctor, had a cortisone injection. I tried traditional acupuncture, which, you know, works for a lot of things, but I needed a, a different kind of acupuncture, which I later stumbled upon. Um, you know, I tried magnet therapy, gyrotronic, yoga, Pilates, swimming. Um, you know, I could name like all these weird things that, you know, you just go online and you're like, what can help with my back or hip pain? And you're just desperate for answers. And uh, I really didn't want to get surgery. And then I actually discovered um, a different style of acupuncture because there are a lot of different styles, which we'll probably get into. Um, I discovered more of like a trigger point type of acupuncture, or it can be called dry needling. It has a lot of names, myofascial release. Um, you know, it's essentially like a deep tissue release with an acupuncture needle. And that like literally changed my life, you know, working on like my glutes and my hip flexors. And I just had chronic tightness from sitting all day and playing soccer, both of those things and running. All those things stress your hips quite a bit. Um, and by loosening that up, like my hip pain went away. Um, I had gone to a hip surgeon and he said, you know, you're playing soccer four times a week. I know it's really painful, but you're 25 and the longer you can prolong surgery, you know, the better off you'll be. He's like, I had just found this type of acupuncture. He's like, keep trying it, like see how it feels. And honestly, I never went back to him because within a few months, my hip pain like decreased significantly. And then I kept seeing this acupuncturist for, um, you know, the same issues, but just getting deeper into working through it. And I was actually getting a treatment one day and I was like, huh, acupuncture. It's like, this guy's life must be so interesting. He like literally changed my life. He probably does this with other people. And at that point I was like, I wonder how all this works. Like, why did this get better? Like, why didn't anyone else know about this? Why is this, why am I like two years into having pain before discovering this? And I just became like super interested. And I asked him, I was like, how long is acupuncture school? And I was just assuming he was gonna say like, oh, it's like six months, it's like a certificate. 
you know, that's what I thought it was. And I think that's what most people think. And he's like, no, it's a three year master's degree. And I was like, wow, really? Like that sounds legitimate. That's like a high barrier to entry. Not anyone can just like go and do it. He, you know, he sounded really knowledgeable about like my muscles and what was going on with me. And then I was like, oh, where did you go to school? And he mentioned the school, Tri-State College of Acupuncture. And there's another school, Pacific College. Those are like the two main schools. And I went to visit them. My, uh, my wife at the time, we were just dating and she was super supportive of like, you know, like if you really want to do it, I'll go with you to the open house. And we went together and, uh, you know, then I went to acupuncture school. So. Wow. Wow. That's, you know, it's so interesting that that was kind of where your curiosity led you because yeah. we're, it's awesome that we often have the opportunity to get profoundly impacted by a range of professionals in our life, but yeah. you were profoundly impacted so much so that you decided to make a major career pivot. Yeah. And it was, you know, I was at a point in my finance career where I had, you know, I was like moving jobs every couple of years, hoping that it, there would be some better fit. I really just didn't like the lifestyle. And yeah. I just wanted more freedom in my life. And the idea of being an acupuncturist, like I have my own business, I get to set my own hours, I get to decide what I do and don't do. And I really like that aspect of being a business owner, although it is stressful. Yeah, um, I really enjoy the, the flexibility. I love that. I love that. So upon getting in to acupuncture school, was it what you thought that it was going to be? Um, I think yes and no. I think it was harder than I thought it would be. There's just so many layers to acupuncture. And, you know, like I discovered how many different types of acupuncture are because I think we're, you know, especially in this country, we just see that one type where people set needles in and you rest and you don't feel that much. And you, you come out of the treatment wondering, like, did anything really happen? I'm not really sure. And that, you know, that it's called tra traditional Chinese medicine style acupuncture. It works really well, like with your nervous system, um, and it does help you feel more calm. It helps with digestion. It can help with fertility, um, you know, headaches, general stress. It, but that works more subtly. Um, and for me, it was like stumbling across these other styles. We were trained in that style, a Japanese style that is a lot more gentle and uses smaller needles, and is practiced by a lot of blind acupuncturists in Japan because um, it's a lot based more on feel. And, um, you know, my acupuncture practice is more informed by touch. Like before I do the treatment, I feel different areas of your body. And um, not all types of acupuncture do that. Sometimes it's just like, oh, your back hurts. I'm not really going to touch it. I'm just going to put needles in these points and let you rest. And um, and then there's the trigger point style that uh, that is really what drew me to acupuncture school. Um, and in some states, you know, that's uh, more in the dry needling realm. And in, being in New York, um, only acupuncturists can do that type of treatment. So that's kind of what led me to go to acupuncture school, too. It was like, I want to do what this guy does. I want to you know, I want to treat people like he treated me. And, and you know, acupuncture is an interesting profession because it was a very eclectic group of students in our class. There were a lot of, a few people just straight out of school, a few people like me that were like second career people. And then there were some people who were older, their kids were going to college and they were just like wanted a new career. Um, and for most of us, like we had some really profound experience with acupuncture because it's not the type of profession that's like, oh, I'm going to go be a doctor. Oh, I'm going to be a police officer. It's just like, Oh, like I didn't, I didn't even know it existed till I was like 25 years old. So it was a really cool group. And then that also when I'm treating other patients, like oftentimes I've had some of the pain that they have. So it's like, like I think it just provides a, like another layer of empathy and like, you know, I know what the treatment feels like or I know, you know, what it feels like afterwards. And I know psychologically what you're going through dealing with, you know, chronic pain. So it was a really fun experience. So you listed a couple of different types of acupuncture, traditional Chinese acupuncture, and you also mentioned trigger points. So yeah. for the listener, let's sum up the most popular types of acupuncture. Yeah. So, you know, the reality is that there are 
probably hundreds or thousands of styles of acupuncture. Um, you know, it originated over 2,000 years ago in China. Um, and really, until not that long ago, it wasn't really standardized. It was more of like kind of like martial arts, where there's like family lineage of uh, like the master and the apprentice, and there's like secret, you know, points and secret things that you know only like you learn if you learn from the master. And that's how acupuncture was for a long period of time. And then it became more standardized with like the, the opening of acupuncture schools. Um, and then traditional Chinese medicine is actually more of a modern thing. I forget which decade, but in the 19-somethings, um, you know, China went through like a medical revolution where they started implementing like Western medicine more and kind of abandoned Chinese medicines for some time. And I think it was under Mao, he decided to like bring back some traditional Chinese medicine, but more in like an Americanized, standardized way where like, you know, if you have a cough, there's like an acupuncture point prescription and there's like an herbal medicine prescription. Um, and it was kind of like revived in that sense, but it was like more standardized where they're like, you know, I don't remember one, but they like had names of points and channels and it became a lot more standardized than it was originally. Um, and then it spread to Japan and Korea, you know, they have their own different types of acupuncture to Vietnam and then eventually made its way to Europe. So there's like a whole French style of acupuncture. Then it reached like the UK, um, and then, you know, as it, as it reached like Europe and the U.S., there are like these new like medicalized styles of acupuncture. And, you know, the trigger point stuff kind of falls in that realm. There's a style called medical acupuncture. There's Western acupuncture. There's trigger point acupuncture, dry needling. And effectively, like, you know, traditional acupuncture looks more of like acupuncture meridians and chi and energy and the idea that like there are energy blockages and you free them up with acupuncture needles. Um, and that sounds really confusing and esoteric to a lot of people. And what a lot of these Western styles have done now that we have like the ability to do research and like hook people up to machines and see what's happening in their body. There are actually a lot of good physiological explanations of what happens when you stick an acupuncture needle in it and, you know, it does some things like release pain endorphins and reduce stress. And, you know, in the case of trigger point work, like release muscle knots and deactivate trigger points. And, um, you know, now like I'm, I'm more in the vein of like when I explain treatment to patients, it's more of like in a physiological and Western sense. There are a lot of acupuncturists who are more esoteric and talk about liver energy and chi. And, you know, really what those are are metaphors for the human body. And it's not a surprise that, like, the stuff we found with trigger points really overlaps the traditional stuff because you're really looking at the same at the same body. Yeah, yeah. So is there a difference between the trigger point acupuncture, as you describe it, and dry needling? Um, really, the difference is who's doing it, right? So if an acupuncturist is releasing trigger points, it might be called trigger point acupuncture. Dry needling is a, coin, a term that was coined a few decades ago, um, and it's probably interesting to talk about the history of it because, you know, in its current form, dry needling uses acupuncture needles. So that's why there's this whole thing of like, is it acupuncture? Is it not acupuncture? Um, and effectively, what it is today is using an acupuncture needle to find and release trigger points. And trigger points are hyper irritable bands of muscle that cause either local or referred pain in a specific pattern. This kind of research started in um, the 30s and 40s. And there's a Dr. Janet Travell is like the most famous one. She was Dr. Kennedy's um, physician and she was a physiatrist and I think a cardiologist. And she was really interested in understanding muscle pain. So what they did in the early research was inject irritants into muscles and then study where the pain referral travel to and then they mapped all this stuff out so like for instance if you have um, pain in the top of your shin those muscles connect to your toes and your feet and you can actually get like big toe pain from your tibia tibialis anterior muscle being tight so they found that by sticking a hypodermic needle in with medication and injecting it into the trigger point they would relieve the pain 
And fast forward a few decades, I think it was the 70s, they, you know, if you ever gotten a flu shot, sometimes they put it in your shoulder and your muscle twitches. So they discovered that um, it wasn't just the medication that was relieving the pain, it was the muscle spasm that happened when the hypodermic needle went in. So then that's where the term dry needling came from, is they started to release trigger points with a hypodermic needle, which Eesh. if you could imagine is <laughs> extremely painful, leaves like bruising, bleeding. I mean, even just getting one injection, sometimes you get that. Um, and so then there were some acupuncturists some were also physicians as well, like MDs, who started thinking, look, why don't we just use an acupuncture needle to do this? It won't leave you know, as many side effects, it won't bruise and hurt, it's more tolerable. And if it really is just the muscle twitch, then we don't need to use any medication. And so that's how the modern form of dry needling came about. So it's a little complicated because in one sense, it does use an acupuncture needle, but in another sense, it originates in a totally different paradigm that did not rely on chi and energy and, and meridian. So it's a really cool fusion of like when acupuncture meets like, you know, Western physiology. Right. Um, and so dry needling now is, is practiced by a lot of professions, right? And what's really cool about acupuncture, like in this moment, is there's so much interest in it. Um, you know, acupuncturists have to go to school for three years and get licensed and board certified. But actually other professions that like MDs can get certified in acupuncture, dentists, chiropractors, um, PTs, um, you know, nurse practitioners, occupational therapists, athletic trainers in some states. Um, and, you know, for some of them, they don't call it acupuncture because if they did, they wouldn't be allowed to practice it. So this term dry needling came about to really describe like using an acupuncture needle by non-acupuncturists and not in a way that's like in, in the Chinese medicine realm. If someone is going to someone who's not a licensed acupuncturist to get dry needling, what should they be checking that this person has? I mean, in reality, it would be checking for how long they've been doing it for because the training standards for non-acupuncturists is much lower. In some states, there are none. It's oh, like a gray area. In other right. states, it's like 20 to 100 hours. I think 100 is the most training. Okay. Um, if an MD is doing it in New York, for instance, they need 300 hours of hands-on training, which is pretty good. Um, and I think that's my biggest issue with non-acupuncturists using needles is often if they've done, you know, I've done an entire dry needling course that physical therapists do. It was 80 hours, three weekends. We needled each muscle in the body once or twice, and then we never really did a supervised treatment. So my biggest issue is that like they're, you're just going out in the world after a few weeks, and you haven't really had like you know acupuncture school. We had, we were in the clinic two years, doing supervised treatments on real patients with teachers guiding us. And by the time I graduated, I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'll be fine. Right. And I think one thing patients will notice is the difference of like when the needle goes in, because um, you probably asked that again, but um, whether it hurts when the needle goes in, and if an acupuncturist or someone who's really good at using the needle is doing it, that you shouldn't really feel that pinchy feeling when the right. needle goes in. It's really when someone isn't as well-versed that you might feel that a little more. Teddy, you're doing my job for me. <laughs> you're asking yourself my <laughs> questions. I mean, we were definitely gonna get here, so I'm glad that you brought it up. Pain when it comes to acupuncture. Now, let me just say, I am someone who growing up up until this point, I'm in my mid thirties. I have never quote unquote been good with needles in that like if I get a shot, I just don't look at it. When I was little young, it was like the thing my mother dreaded doing was bringing me to the doctor's office to get any sort of injection. So with that said, I definitely, the first time I went to acupuncture, which was a few years ago with a different professional, was very hesitant on it. I just had my own qualms about what I was getting into. I will say, as someone now who has done acupuncture with multiple professionals, it does not hurt. 
maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe people can be a little bit more sensitive. But to your point, if you're going to someone who knows what they're doing and they have the training and they have a good rapport with clients who recommend them highly, then you're going to be in pretty good hands. Yeah. And I think you touched on a few things. One, I think the biggest hesitation is just this fear of needles that we have growing up. I mean, I don't look when I get my flu shot. I don't <laughs> like getting my blood drawn and I'm an acupuncturist. So that's so and then funny I see, to like think of. <laughs> and I see like my three-year-old, right? I take her to the doctor to get her flu shot or a COVID shot. And, you know, she's like terrified the moment we're going in because she knows like it's kind of going to hurt. And so I think some of that is like a trauma of like, you know, it's not fun to get a shot. That does hurt. It's not fun to get your blood drawn. It feels weird. Um, so I think when people hear the word needles for acupuncture, they assume it's the same kind of needle, right? A hypodermic needle has fluid in it. And also that feeling of either fluid going in or out can feel, I don't, I don't like that feeling. And so like acupuncture needles are 10 times thinner. They're not filled with any fluid. They're like the thickness of a human hair. Right. Um, and, and they don't hurt when they go in because they're so thin. And yeah, there is some sensation with acupuncture, especially like the trigger point or dry needling stuff because you know the goal there is to like make your muscle spasm so that it releases the trigger point or the tightness there but even that like you know the word pain can be very complicated right because it's very subjective right so usually to me pain is sharp burning and stabbing that kind of in the vein of that sensation mm -hmm. something that's like dull achy heavy even like muscly like muscle soreness like would you call that pain some people would say muscle soreness is painful and some would just say like it's a strong sensation right and i think acupuncture falls more in the vein or it should of like it's a sensation it can be strong sometimes but i wouldn't it's not supposed to be like sharp burning stabbing electrical like that kind of right sensation so i think um i think you know, it's complicated and there's multiple layers of people are scared of needles. And I was terrified the first time I had acupuncture. I, I went to like a person in Queens who did traditional acupuncture and they did not explain what they were doing or why they were doing it. And my mom brought me there and was like, I, this person helped somebody and you should go there. And I was just terrified. And then she was doing the treatment. I had no idea what I was supposed to feel before, or during, after. So for me personally, I spend a lot of time with patients um, explaining why we're doing the treatment, what the goal is, what it's going to feel like, um, all of that, because that actually helps prime your brain for when I'm doing the treatment, that when I'm needling, you can relax, right? Because yeah. if I tell you, like, you're going to feel a strong, heavy muscle ache when I work on your trapezius muscle, it might feel almost like a little cramp sometimes if it's really strong. When it happens, your brain has a sensation, it's new. So one thing our brain does when we something new happens is we go into that like defense mechanism, like, is this normal? Is it okay? And then if I've explained it to you, that sensation happens, and then you're like, oh, that's what he said. Okay, that's normal. But if I don't say anything, then you can get into that place of anxiety of like, oh my God, is that normal? Should I tell him? Oh my God, does he know what he's doing? Why did I come here? Your brain goes in this spiral of like, and then it's like, oh my God, there are needles. And it can get, it can like, it can devolve very quickly. So like, it's really important to build rapport and trust. And, and often I make it sound worse than it's going to sound because it's like a consent thing of like, if, if I tell you, you're going to be sore, really sore, and it, you might feel some strong sensation, and then you don't feel that you're like, oh, that was a lot better than he said, at least we kind of know what, what, what could happen. Another podcast, another great opportunity to tell you about some of the lovely sponsors who make bringing this content to you week after week possible. First up, AG1 from Athletic Greens. AG1 is really just so much more than a greens powder. It's your daily multivitamin and multimineral pre and probiotic immunity support and more. And yes, it provides your daily greens blend too. 
Greens powders provide critical phytonutrients, but alone, these nutrients don't help empower gut health. By delivering the phytonutrient blend along with the multivitamins, probiotics, adaptogens, and more, AG1 creates an environment where the gut can thrive so the body can thrive too. Take it from me, I have been taking AG1 from Athletic Greens for years now, and I cannot imagine my morning routine without it. I literally shake it up every single day after my morning workout. I bring it with me into the studio, and that is like the signaling to my brain, okay, it's go time, you're doing something good for yourself, and now you are prepared to do good for others. Now, of course, as you know, AG1 has an amazing deal for you. If you head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle, you can get a free year's supply of vitamin D3, K2, plus five free travel packs with your purchase. Again, that link, athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get all of those freebies. Do something for you. You, trust me, deserve it. Also got to give some love to my friends at Inside Tracker. To live your healthiest, longest life possible, you've got to understand what's going on in your body. Know that people age at different speeds and generic annual blood work, it just doesn't properly evaluate your biological age. The good news is that Inside Tracker does. Inside Tracker is a truly personalized nutrition and performance system designed to extend your health span and slow down the aging process. Created by leading data scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. Add Inner Age 2.0 to any plan to calculate your true biological age and see how you're aging from the inside out. Kind of crazy, right? Now, for a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just head on over to insidetracker.com/slash hurdle. Again, that is insidetracker.com/slash hurdle to get 20% off the entire store today. What you're getting at here is the after effects of a treatment. You said you could be sore. So before we get into perhaps the effects of having acupuncture, why don't we chat about the potential benefits of acupuncture? Why is it that someone might seek out an acupuncturist? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Acupuncture treats a range of things. I mean, before Western medicine in China, acupuncture with herbal medicine was like an entire medical system that can treat anything. Like, pain, digestive issues, sleep issues, malaria. Like I learned how to treat malaria in acupuncture school because like in the traditional Chinese medicine textbooks, that's what was used. And obviously I don't treat that here because you would go (laughs) to a doctor or hospital. But like the point is it can treat literally anything. And acupuncture tends to work better for like physical complaints. Like in the US, pain is probably the primary reason. Um, Whether it's like chronic pain or acute pain or muscle tightness, that's like and especially for me, that's my specialty is pain. And then also I work a lot with physical symptoms of stress. So we're talking about like the nervous system a lot. Um, and when we get into that elevated nervous system state, we can have like a f- fight or flight response or we can have like a freeze response. And there are physiological changes that happen when our nervous system is like activated too much. Um, when we go into that fight or flight state, our heart rate speeds up, our digestion shuts down, sexual function kind of turns off, our muscles get really tense. We're like 
on like alert for danger and that's like you know if you're getting chased by a tiger it's like a, a survival you're in like survival mode and you know sometimes when people have acute or chronic stress they have digestive issues sleep issues fertility issues um, and acupuncture works really great with the nervous system to calm things down it activates the other side of that which is the parasympathetic nervous system um, and really what that's seeking is like making you feel safe right and acupuncture can like activate endorphins and um, you know, other uh, stress relieving chemicals. So that's how generally how traditional acupuncture tends to work. And that's why it works for so many things. And that's why treatments look similar, because it's really working with like, re getting you back to homeostasis, like from your nervous system. Um, and then there's the other side, which is like even more physical, which is the trigger point work. Um, you know, that's a totally different objective, which is to find muscle tightness and trigger points, release that tightness so that you have less pain, more mobility, and you know and restored muscle function essentially so that um you know that feels different afterwards because with that muscle spasm um there's like a release of chemicals that happens and it's not necessarily from the needle it's more from the spasm um because to back up when you get muscle tightness um you know your muscle is essentially contracted it doesn't get as much blood or oxygen so the ph drops and then all these pain and inflammatory chemicals get sent um, to tell you that something's wrong. And that's essentially what pain is. It's a signal. Pain is something that often we treat with blocking pain, right? Take this pill or get this injection. And really pain is meant to tell us like, hey, something's wrong here. I'm trying to like tell you like, hello, look at me. Like I need some, some uh, you know, I need some attention here. Right. And so acupuncture works more with like listening to those signals and trying to restore balance either to your nervous system or like physically through trigger point work. And, and that's really what the goal is. Yeah. So we talked about soreness being something that could happen as a result of getting acupuncture done. What else might happen after your acupuncture session? Um, in a lot of cases, you'll feel a lot more relaxed after, especially for activating that nervous system response. Um, people tend to walk out feeling really relaxed and lighter. And, you know, sometimes you can feel kind of tired afterwards, especially if you've been carrying a lot of tension and we've, you know, helped release some of that. Is hydration important? Um, yeah, after a treatment? Yeah. Yeah, I think I feel like they always say that yeah. to me. Yeah, drink extra water because that, that helps, especially if we're talking about like releasing neurotransmitters or soreness chemicals, right? It helps kind of flush things out and, and promote like fluid metabolism and circulation. So, yeah, I always tell people drink extra water if we're doing muscle work to like same thing you do after a workout because the soreness after like a trigger point treatment, it'll feel like workout soreness. So hot hot shower, muscle cream, Epsom salt bath, extra water, you know, light on the exercise till the soreness goes away is usually what I tell people. Right. Because after you do like a leg workout, you wouldn't the next day, like go do another heavy leg workout. So it's something to be cognizant of if you're getting that area treated. Right. And I, that's exactly how I describe it to people. Like it's fine to exercise, but if you're really sore, just like treat it like you did a workout. Okay. So knowing that then you mentioned before the buzzword fertility, which leads me to the question, is there a certain time when individuals should maybe be wary of coming to an acupuncturist? Cause you say fertility, I think pregnancy, is it safe for pregnant women? Or are there other things that you might want to take into consideration before coming for treatment? With those types of things, it's important to tell your acupuncturist if you are pregnant, cause there are certain areas of the body you don't want to work on, like in the belly or in the low back. Well, yeah, and also in traditional acupuncture, there are certain acupuncture points that are stimulating and they've actually done research can like stimulate uterine contractions. So you want to avoid those while you're pregnant. Acupuncture is also used for like labor prep. So sometimes if someone's like overdue or late, um, they will go to an acupuncturist and they'll do some of those more stimulating points. Um, and there is some research that shows that it can help like smooth delivery and even like 
I've had some friends who have said I got had acupuncture and then I like gave birth right after. <laughs> and um, you know, with fertility, it's a lot about like regulating the menstrual cycle before like before conception, um, because if that's thrown off, then your ability to like fertilize an egg is impacted. So often, acupuncture and uh, herbal medicines used a lot with fertility as well um, can be really, 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 really effective because especially um, coming off birth control, there can be some side effects and like your period is impacted because it's been altered, you know, through the medication. Um, and so really fertility work is a lot about um, the menstrual cycle and also like the nervous system, right? We were talking about what happens from physical symptoms of stress and it, it does affect your menstrual cycle. And then women who are like athletes that run a lot, that also impacts the menstrual cycle. So with fertility, it's often about like managing stress and like working on the menstrual cycle. And then once you're pregnant, there are common things that come up um, like, you know, nausea, morning sickness, um, especially in the early stages, acupuncture can help with that. There are some cases of morning sickness like that my wife had that like nothing works for and you just it just sucks. Yeah. Um, and then later on, you know, you'll get like sciatica pain in the second and third trimester. Um, and acupuncture is really great for that because you can needle like into the hips when you're pregnant. And especially it's really just the glutes, especially that get super tight. Yeah. Yeah. During that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it can be really great for that kind of stuff. Something that's been interesting for me has been working with multiple experts at once. So I started coming to you because I'm dealing with this plantar fasciitis and you came highly recommended. And so um, I'm working with you. I'm also working with a PD, PT and podiatrist. So would you recommend for someone who is seeing multiple experts for an issue to make sure that you're communicating kind of with your expert squad about what's going on between all of them? Yeah, it's really important because um, we want to make sure, especially timing of treatment and what we're doing so there isn't too much overlap. But, you know, acupuncture is a great support for especially for physical things like physical therapy and some of the other stuff you've done, like some of the laser treatment. Acupuncture is a really great synergist, um, especially with pain related things. Right. There's a reason you had the pain in the first place. So while we're treating the pain to try to make you feel better, there are other layers of that, like trying to understand what happened. Um, you know, as we work a lot with runners and athletes, often we're thinking about like, how's your posture? How, how is your running form? Like, what kind of movements are you doing during your sport? Are you training too hard? Are you not recovering enough? And there's often you can kind of figure out a reason you got, you know, if you, especially if you're a runner, right? It's a very bilateral mechanical exercise. If you have like one sided heel pain, right? Something is going on that that's being used too much or there's too much pressure on there or something's wrong with your shoes there's some sort of story behind it and um, oftentimes that can be complicated but really like acupuncture is great for like releasing muscle tightness relieving pain but then you want to try to figure out why you got there and you know that's where like things like physical therapy and strength training come in because especially with pain and um, athletic injuries it's important to fix imbalances and strengthen weak areas. And, um, you know, I work a lot with PTs and strength coaches and running coaches. And there's just such a great synergy of, of working with that community where, you know, I'm loosening people up. The PT is doing manual work, strengthening them, giving them exercises. You know, the running coach is altering their training plan. Right. And it's a really nice synergy uh, with using other types of treatment. So then the question comes up, how long should it take for this to work, which I know, I know this, it's a very generic question and that answer can be extremely multifaceted, but what would you say to someone who comes in here and is like, can I do this for a month and I'll be good? Yeah, it really depends. So I'll give you some examples because maybe that will illustrate the point better. I think one big misconception about acupuncture is that it's like a procedure, like, you know, you get surgery and then your hip is fixed. Yeah. Um, it's not like that generally. There are some cases where like, you know, if you strain a muscle like this morning, 
that if we get to it pretty quickly, sometimes it can be like a one treatment fix. But if you're, especially if you're dealing with chronic issues, um, especially chronic pain, there's more to it where, you know, um, there's changes to your nervous system and how you perceive pain and feel pain. And then there's just like mechanical adjustments to like, if your heel is hurting, you start running differently and then you're kind of moving in a way that reinforces the issue. So sometimes you have to work through that with getting treatment and then like, some of those other stuff we talked about, like fixing like strength work and PT and stuff like that. So it can be complicated. Um, you know, I generally recommend people come in once or twice a week for an issue. And usually we can get a good idea based on like how long it's been going on for. So the longer it's been going on for, generally the longer it will take. I usually tell people like after about, you know, four to six visits, we should have an idea. Like there should be some change during that period of time. Um, it can get even more complicated when you're working with runners training for a marathon because often you're like increasing your load while we're doing treatment. And sometimes the goal is to just like either stay the same or get slightly better and get you through like the marathon. And then hopefully afterwards you'll have time to recover um, because it, it depends on what the goal is too, right? There are different reasons to use acupuncture. One can be just for general stress and anxiety. One can be for, you know, post-workout soreness. One can be for injury recovery. One can be for injury prevention, right? Patients sometimes come in like once a month or so just for a tune-up, just to see like where they're holding tightness so that they don't overuse muscles. So there's a, there's different uses. And I think depending on what your objective is, um, it could be used for maintenance or for like, you know, pain relief. Definitely. So then one of the last areas that we're going to talk on today is cost and insurance. Obviously, everyone's always trying to keep a budget or their finances in mind. Do you have a range perhaps of what uh, an acupuncture treatment may cost someone and to your knowledge, if different acupuncturists take insurance? Yeah. Um, you know, acupuncture is covered by a lot of insurance plans. Um, some acupuncturists are in network, so you might have acupuncture coverage that covers treatment where you just pay a copay, kind of like you're going to the doctor. Um, and then there's also out of network acupuncturists that, you know, you might still have insurance coverage for if you have acupuncture. Uh, out-of-network acupuncture benefits. So it really depends on the plan and the company, um, but it's it's definitely becoming more covered by insurance companies. I think the issue is like in a lot of other professions, being in-network often means you have to see more patients per hour because the reimbursement for practitioners is quite low if you're in-network. So it's just like in physical therapy, um, where if you go to like an in-network place, you know, they're just, you have to see more patients per hour. So like my practice is out-of-network because especially I'm doing a lot of like hands-on and like physical like muscle release work it just requires more time i can't do that treatment in 10 minutes i need like 45 minutes to an hour with somebody right. generally to do that kind of work so i have to be out of network because otherwise I, I can't see enough patients to pay the rent especially in new york and i think depending on what city you're in right um it can be even out of network or out of pocket can be cheaper um, obviously a place like new york or la or chicago tends to be more expensive because rent is higher and operating a business is more expensive. But, you know, I'd say the range, you know, and there's different types. There's like community acupuncture clinics where there's a room and a bunch of tables hmm. and you get a quick treatment and you rest. And that can be, you know, like 40 to $80 out of, out of pockets, probably looking at like 100 to 400. It depends on what they're doing, right? We, we touched on different styles. There's also like cupping can be part of acupuncture, gua sha, which is like Graston or scraping technique. Um, there's electroacupuncture that some practitioners use. Um, even like dietary and nutritional advice can fall in the acupuncture realm as well. Mm, that's a really interesting topic as well, using acupuncture for dietary issues. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's another common use is for digestive issues. And you know, a lot of them, again, we're coming back to like stress. A lot of digestive issues have like a stress-related component, especially things like IBS. There's like a, a link um, to chronic or acute stress. And you know, acupuncture is great in twofold because you know some of the treatment will touch on other aspects of Chinese medicine. Um, because a big thing with Chinese medicine and nutrition is about like the the concept of yin and yang, like eating eating in balance, right? So like in the winter, you eat certain types of food, you eat more warming and and like aromatic foods because that offsets like the cold that's outside. Whereas in summer, you would eat more cold like watermelon and mint and those types of cooling uh, types of foods because that offsets like the heat outside. So nutrition and even Chinese medicine generally, it's all about like being in harmony with nature and kind of like doing the opposite. Like if you feel cold, like do something warm. If you feel hot, do something cold. And it's it's really simple, but it extends to so many metaphors. For someone who is hesitant on acupuncture, you right now have an opportunity to encourage them to give it a try. What is it that you tell them? Um, you know, I would say to give it a chance. And like most practitioners, if you're hesitant, at least me personally, I will speak to someone beforehand before they come in. And like, you know, always when you get to a treatment, like if you're really that scared or uncomfortable, like you don't have to do the treatment. I would say that it's worth a shot and the needles don't really hurt that much. And I, th I think often it's easiest when you have a recommendation from a friend or someone you trust because it can be a little scary. And if you know someone personally that's benefited, I think that can make people more comfortable. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, uh, when I started coming here, it was because you were referred to me by multiple people that I knew. And I do think that word of mouth can go a really long way. And know that, as we talked about earlier, there are different styles of acupuncture. So just because you've tried one doesn't mean that another one can't benefit you if the first one just didn't feel necessarily right for you and your body. And also knowing that you can try one type of acupuncture with an acupuncturist and try the exact same type of acupuncture with a different acupuncturist. And it could be like a mental thing as to why the second time it might work versus the first time that you felt as though it didn't. Yeah, and that's a really important point because there is the idea of the therapeutic relationship. Like, you know, in therapy, for instance, um, your relationship with your therapist or your relationship with your doctor, they've done a lot of research on that. If you like believe someone's going to help you, you're more likely to get better. And, uh, and you know, some of that sounds like a placebo, but there is like some trust built into treatment. And I think especially getting acupuncture, if you're able to be a little more relaxed during the treatment, it, you know, it feels a lot more pleasant than if you're really tense and uncomfortable the whole time. So that is an important thing to feel comfortable with the person that you're working with. Any final words of wisdom, Teddy? Um, you know, I mean, I would say that acupuncture changed my life. It can change yours too. And really, there's no downside to trying it, right? It's not a medication. It's not a surgery. That's what I love so much about acupuncture is that um, there's really no downside to it. And so I would recommend you try it if you're on the fence. And, you know, more and more people are trying it. A lot of athletes um, have tried it. Like just in the past year, I've seen like The Rock post about it and David Beckham and, you know, a lot of um, NFL teams it's really popular with, a lot of other sports, soccer, basketball. It's just becoming a lot more common. And especially like cupping has become really popular. You saw it with like Michael Phelps in the Olympics a while ago. And then every once in a while, you'll watch like a sports game, basketball, because they have like the sleeveless shirt and you say, oh, they got cupping. That's really great. <laughs> so, you know, there are other aspects too. If you're afraid of needles, there are acupuncturists. Like I do cupping. I do it, you know, if someone's really that scared I'm like okay we don't have to use a needle we could do cupping and you know get you used to the you know some sensation in, in those areas yeah I feel like we could talk forever but 
I'm going to bring us to a close. Teddy, how do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give us your details. Yeah, so um, we're located on the Upper West Side in Manhattan. Um, we are also on Instagram, uh, Morningside Acupuncture NYC. Um, and you can also vis- visit us on our website, um, MorningsideAcupuncturenyc.com. Perfect. And we're going to put a little bit in the show notes where you guys can click. And if you're interested in coming up to Morningside, we're going to give you $100 off your visit. So click on over to the show notes, check that out. Come see my guy, Teddy. You know how to find me. I'm over at Emily Abadi at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 